And we're going straight into it today. So I was at a conference about superannuation, and I met... Robert Washick. I'm a senior research fellow at the Centre of Policy Studies at Victoria University. Robert was presenting some research, and we were lucky enough to get a sneak peek at it, which uses a special type of modelling to show what would happen to the finance system if the superannuation guarantee, the amount your employer puts towards your super, was increased. Now we're talking about a huge amount of assets that are under management when we talk about super. The Australian Prudential Regulation Authority had the assets that are held in super at over $2 trillion in March this year, so that's a huge influence. I asked Rob, who was speaking on behalf of the researchers involved in doing the modelling, how they started looking at this how superannuation is invested and indeed how all sorts of liability agents, financial liability agents in the economy invest their portfolios is a fundamental input. It's the primary input into the model. So we have very good information on how superannuations hold assets and liabilities, how households own assets and liabilities, and it's indeed those changes that drive a lot of the results that we see, that we see in the model. What sort of results did you find? So we saw, for example, that driven by the fact that superannuation funds hold more offshore assets, uh, their demand for foreign-denominated liabilities is much higher than that of households, and as a result, an increase in the superannuation guarantee rate that drives more funds into the superannuation funds will increase the demand for foreign-denominated assets, which should, at least in the short run, cause uh, depreciation in the Australian dollar. Um, that would then uh, drive a monetary policy response from the monetary authority, um, which would result in contractionary monetary policy. Um, and in the, sh in the short run, that would be relatively small, but enough to offset any changes that would come about from the real changes that would come about from the changes in the superannuation guarantee rate. What other factors did you look at as part of this? So there were a number of other things that we were interested in seeing. In particular, we were interested in what would happen to the commercial banks' access to, to capital uh, in general, to financial capital, because there was concern expressed by the commercial bank banking sector that their access to financial capital might be limited as a result of an increase in the superannuation guarantee rate. Um, and we actually found that, as evident in the short run and held up in the long run, that uh, that sort of a concern was actually unfounded, that there were at least a couple of channels through which uh, commercial banks' access to financial capital would actually be increased. The superannuation funds have a, a, a larger share of their financial liabilities in commercial bank assets. So the super funds or super investors, they have a stake in the banks as well, so the banks shouldn't be worried about being left out of, of this money moving around. Absolutely, have, and have a larger, a larger stake than, than the commercial banks. Um, also, the difference in the behaviour of households versus the superannuation funds and other investors in general should also drive a, an, an increase in uh, bond financing and equity financing for chart for a commercial banking sector. Um, and those things together should ultimately, as far as we're concerned, lead to increased strengthening stability in the financial system. So we also see an increase in the asset base or the access to financial capital for life insurers and for non-bank financial intermediaries. Again, this is sort of coming about through the channel that superannuation funds are bigger investors in those, those sorts of financial assets. But we also see a strengthening of the external financial system, if you want. Um, these changes, sh as far as our model results showed, should also generate a 
movement in the current account balance towards surplus, um, which again should lead to a strengthening in the financial system. Are there any takeaways from this in terms of government policy? Does, your, does the study make any recommendations about whether or not it's a good idea to, to increase the super guarantee or was it um, just simply looking at what it might do if it, if it was increased? We actually tried to be considerably more positive, just what happens. Um, here are the things that change. Um, here are the things that change that, in our opinion, strengthen the financial system, and here are the things that change that could be interpreted as weakening the financial system. So, for example, there's an increase in uh, debt-to-equity ratios in uh, the housing stock. Um, and again, as far as we're concerned, that's something that can, weaken, can be interpreted as weakening the financial system. And a small increase in household debt-to-income ratios, which also would leave households a little bit more open to, to negative shocks. So we wanted to be considerably more positive than normative. We didn't really want to say uh, this is good or this is bad. Um, we just wanted to say this is what happens um, and this might have negative effects on stability and this might have positive effects on stability. It's using a model that a few researchers were excited about in there, but is that something that's been progressed over a long time? Is it something that be applied to sort of seeing risk in other parts of the Australian economy? It's, it's a model that we're actually all quite excited about. Um, we've only been seeing applications with this model for the last couple of years. You can actually see how changes in the financial system can have real effects that are consistent with what your expectations would be on how the economy would operate. So, yeah, we find modelling results to be very interesting. Do you think there's any other areas it could be applied to? Most certainly there are other areas that we're currently working on. We're looking at... To, at uh, at using this financial CG model in order to look at changes in public sector borrowing requirements. And another, we've got our eye towards looking at investigating the potential for housing bubbles and how they might work their way through this sort of a system. That's uh, definitely work in progress, but certainly some of the data work has already been, has, has been done in order to prepare the model if you want to be able to answer those sorts of questions. The first thing that you need is you need, you need data, right? Um, so you need to be able to introduce into the model the relevant data that you need in order to capture different aspects of the housing stock um, that that's more susceptible to changes in investor behavior for example versus uh, maybe houses in the outer suburbs where there are more owner occupiers for example. That's Robert Washick, Senior Research Fellow at the Centre of Policy Studies at Victoria University. We don't have Ask an Economist for you this week but you can still send in your questions. Remember to write them down or record them and email them to ask at the conversation or one word dot edu dot au. That's ask at the conversation dot edu dot au. Our theme music is by Ben Sound. I'm Jenny Henderson, business and economy editor. And you can find more stories as well as subscribing to the Business Briefing podcast on our website. <laughs>